0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: When you have a passion for things and you've got goals and you've got drive and you're a business owner and you're an entrepreneur, your new normal becomes so different to the rest of the world.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. Gathering the Kings this week. I have a a wonderful queen on the stage here with us today, Alicia Jarrett, AJ, they call her. Welcome to the King stage. How are you?
1: yes thank you so much. That's the first time I think I've ever been called a queen, and because I am based in Australia and we are part of the monarchy, that kind of feels a bit cool.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. We well, you are. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had you. So, thank you for being here. You're I, I...
1: welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: This is going to be an incredible show um, tell us tell us what kind of businesses or businesses that you are in and, and have
1: yeah we're in multiple businesses all based in the US so we do all of our work remotely from the other side of the world. Myself and my partner Matt we have a real estate investing business where we do vacant land we have a real estate marketing business where we help other fellow real estate investors just like ourselves we have a real estate data business and we're about to launch and so we've got development happening on there so, We've got quite a lot going on, Chaz and we've been doing business it. in the US for more than five years and I've got a great bunch of people over there. I just wish I was calling you from the US at the moment, but hey we we'll, we'll work globally, right?
0: <laughs> yeah a hundred percent and and you know it's funny we were talking about this off air, but the power whatever whatever service that you're using, but here we are here on zoom and and we get to see each other face to face. we don't get to you know embrace but but that's okay. And we get to kind of get to the same information. It's a pleasure to have you and to have, you know, to have a queen like you, you've got so much going on. I want to know before we dive into some of the detail, I want to know why at this level, do you, I mean, you have such energy already in the first 60 seconds. It's just like, I know it's 6 a.m. over there. You already told me you negotiated a deal earlier this morning for you. I
1: did. Yeah, my first call was 5.30 this morning, closing on a property. So, you know, you got to be up up with the worms, up with the birds to to get the- And and there's a reason why, and I want to know it.
0: I want to know it. Why why are you still pushing this hard? Uh, Why are you doing it?
1: So, we are- Well, here's the thing. I don't think we're pushing hard anymore. This has become our new normal. So- You know, when you have a passion for things and you've got goals and you've got drive and you're a business owner and you're an entrepreneur, your new normal becomes so different to the rest of the world. You know, I have a lot of people that just like, you get up at what time and you do how many hours? And it's like, yeah, but we love it. So why wouldn't we? But why we do it? You know, we we started five years ago, Chaz, with a very simple goal. And that when I say we, I'm talking about myself and my partner, my wonderful partner, Matthew, we're in business together together. And we said, you know what? We love traveling. We we love exploring the world. And, you know, then, then this thing called a pandemic hit. But as long as we have a laptop and a phone and good Wi-Fi, we want to set ourselves up to do business anywhere in the world. Yeah. And we've now done deals on the ski slopes of France. We've done deals on a yacht on, in Croatia in the middle of the ocean. And, you know, doing deals at 5.30 in the morning here from Australia. So we do have a big dream in mind. We've got a big... Big goal around how we want to live our lives. And, and you know, that's always in our focus. It's, it's always our true north.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. Whatever the, the true north is for you, in this case, traveling and doing business in all these unique places, you're going to have to tell me just real quick. You mentioned some really uh, incredible places with incredible activities while you're doing these deals. What's the outstanding memory? Just like, boom, top of your head, best place I've been, best experience, that type of a thing. In terms of travel. Yes. Yeah. Oh.
1: oh okay. We, we're going to need a whole nother podcast for that, Janet, because we <laughs> we have filled passports because we are big travelers. But I have to say, one of my favorite places in the world. I was just talking to my osteopath last night, going getting myself adjusted, and yeah. uh, and he's about to head off to Croatia. And we've been to Croatia a few times, and the okay. the last time we were there, we hired a yacht. We just cruised around the islands for a couple of weeks, and and it was magical. It's one of these places in the world that. Is starting to become a lot more touristy now, but honestly, yeah. you just, I, I remember doing that deal in Croatia where we were, literally, we weren't even moored up next to an island we were in the middle of the ocean traveling between islands and we had uh, a satellite GPS thing going on and and yeah. it was like, okay, you know, it was like the old days of dial-up where, where the computer was like, <laughs> and all of yep. a sudden it's like, we need to get money into this account to do this deal. And we're watching the computer like, come on, computer. <laughs> connect with that satellite (laughs) let's go so that was pretty memorable but I think the other thing coming back to ski slopes in France you know we both love skiing we love hot weather cold weather you name it and going over and doing a closing in France where we had to go to a notaire attache is what they are called and um, go and get all of our paperwork signed by someone in France was just a whole very different experience to our title company in the US uh, yes totally different
0: Wow. Okay. So Croatia is on the list now for the listener. I don't actually care if you get any business tactics on this show. I know you're going to get one or two or three or 10, but write down Croatia that there's your takeaway for this show. You, you've you're from an expert herself. So Alicia, I want you to tell me before you got started, why yeah. entrepreneur, like did, did, did it just start five years ago or that was the no. bigger picture really starting before that? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, the, I think the bigger picture was definitely starting before that. So the last five years, our, our entire businesses have been focused in the US. Prior to that, though, I had a consulting company here in Australia where I was doing a lot of leadership training, team training, a lot of face-to-face stuff, which which I yeah. love. I'm very passionate about that. But I have to be exchanging my time for money in order to get paid, right? right. And my partner, Matt, was the same. He was doing a lot of consulting in a big global organizations in IT, transition, transformation, we both loved what we did, and we we had a few properties over here in Australia, but where we were always asking ourselves, like, what's next? Is is this what we want to be doing for the rest of our lives? Like, is this is this right. the life dream? Is is this how we want to be living? And and not only living, but working and all of that. Right. And right. so we just started to look around, and and with that goal in mind of being able to be anywhere and doing business, we just started to do some research into things, and and we came across a few opportunities in the us let's say and it was like all right well let's go down this path and see what this has got for us and fast forward five years and here we are so right you know i don't think we set out with the goal in mind to do what we're doing now Chaz. but certainly we were open to whatever was coming our way and and i think as an entrepreneur you know it, it feels weird to even call ourselves that because we just think what we're doing is normal now right yeah regular like life yeah, this is regular life. But as an entrepreneur, the mindset is one of being just open to any opportunity that comes your way, like any door that's there, let's open it, take a peek inside and go, well, you know, let's look at that. And that's right. what we did. So it's kind of evolved now into our, our multiple businesses and multiple team members. And I, I'm so happy with where we're at.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I love the progression. I love how, you know, one thing started and led to the next. Also to what you said in there, which I, I'm sure we'll get into, but you had this realization that trading time for money can only go so far, and and then you know for the for the listener here, I want you to think about if you haven't had that conversation with yourself, you're going to at some point you're gonna you're gonna either hit burnout or you're going to you're gonna come to a place where you're is this all is this all that I'm made for like yeah. some sort of a question like that, and then it's gonna really challenge you in that moment to either go big or go home or do something completely different or startup a real estate business in another country like Alicia <laughs> I mean I just I just think that it's that's that moment where you either decide to stay complacent or average or you don't and so yeah I love the fact that you didn't it it's literally what makes you a queen right now as opposed to just uh, still in the average warrior stage in the business doing, yeah. the, doing the X's and the O's. And,
1: and if I can add to that, Taz, just one thing, because yeah. I, I know so many people who would call themselves an entrepreneur, but what they've done is created a, a business for themselves. It's just another job. And they're like, you know, I've got my own business, but it's like, yeah, but do you have the ability to scale and grow and, and keep, right. keep challenging your strategy and moving forward? Because unless you're doing that, you're just creating another job for yourself, right? And that question right. around exchanging your time for money is still one that will be there. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. We had a guest speaker inside of Gathering the Kings roundtable this past week, actually. And he he talked about building your business to sell, but whether you actually plan to sell or not, in order to sell it, you have to have value and you can't sell your job because the person Uh, buying doesn't want to buy your job. (laughs) So even just on a simple platform like that of like, okay, I literally cannot have a position inside of my company other than CEO or visionary. Otherwise, otherwise, I literally don't have much value to sell one day if Correct. I really want to sell. So
1: Yeah. And, and one of our businesses, we, we are positioning to sell in the next few years. And, and that when you're thinking that way, it does change how you approach decisions in your business, the systems that you put in place, the people that right. you put in place, all right. of those things, because When you're going to go sell something, as you said, it's got to have value, but it also needs to be something that people can pick up and go, well, I can now take this and do something with it. So again, that mindset's always got to be there.
0: Exactly. Okay. So let's, let's get into some of these systems, decisions you've, you've used all the hot words. So I want to know a good decision that you've made along the way. It could be in the last five years or before in some of your businesses, but Mm -hmm. tell us something that just was key to literally where you are today.
1: So just to go back to where we started in the US. So when we first started our business in in the US, Tess, as well with real estate, we were doing houses. We did some fix and flips and we actually went over and bought houses. And we, I remember one of them, we went over and rolled up our sleeves and went and did demo day with our team. Wow. And, and you okay. know, we, we were pretty much like the Australian version of Chip and Joanna Gaines. I'll give you that yeah. much, but we don't look yeah. like them. <laughs> but we went over and did that. We did quite a few properties, absolutely fell in love with it. Got a really great team in place. Then the, the crunch point came and that crunch point was one property that just did not go to plan. And it was because we strayed from our strategy. Our mm-hmm. strategy was let's get lower end properties, do them up to the point that they're nice and they're livable. And let's put families back into homes that there is right. affordable housing or what I would call, you know, opportunity housing. Let's give people the opportunity that banks walked away from. Um, right. So we had a real passion around doing that. And then we just got this, this one property that was like a diamond in the rough, Chaz. That we kept looking at it, and going, "Oh, it's really nice." But what if we did this to it, and what if we did that to it? And long story short, it ended up being after twelve months of headaches and stress and all these different things, we 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 basically broke even. And it was like, well, you know, we strayed from our strategy, and and it, and it got a little bit crazy. But here's the thing as well: that was also at the time when. The fix and flip market was everyone was trying to get an off-market property. Everyone was buying for contractors, you know, keeping good people on the job, trying to get a property at the right money. It was just exploding and going crazy. And right. that decision point, coming back to your question, I look at that house now and go, that was such a blessing because that house made us go, time out. Yeah. Are we still on, on track with our strategy? And if not, and the answer was no. What do we need to change? So we then started looking across different asset classes and saying, you know, if we come back to our goal of being able to do business anywhere in the world and maybe doing less stressful properties, what does that look like? And after doing some research, we came across vacant land and we've now been buying and selling vacant land, seller financing vacant land, subdividing, holding, working with builders and developers. We've now been doing that for more than four and a half years. So that change in asset class led us to a totally different business model which also led us to start our own real estate marketing company because okay. we realized that how real estate investors are doing their business regardless of asset class, you need some smarts around how you do marketing. so we we basically started that for our own mm-hmm. our own self-interest Cha and four and a half years on you know that that's growing legs and that's now a big business as well. so yeah that one it. decision to get yeah. out of houses and into land, completely changed the trajectory of what we're doing today.
0: Yeah. And I see, obviously there's so much packed into this little story here. So I'm going to try to dissect a little bit of this for the listener, but you actually started with a bad decision that led to your good decision, (laughs) right? Your your bad decision of not sticking to your strategy. Don't don't think you're off the hook because I'm going to ask you for an actual bad one here in a second, but the bad decision led to being honest with yourself. The fact that you Mm -hmm. were honest with yourself and you were able to slow down and actually like are we focused on what we said we wanted to be focused on? Is this even what we want to be focused on even anymore? And so Correct. I just see that as holy. Totally you guys just being honest. And then the gumption to change your entire business model. What would you say to the person right now? Who's maybe they're, they're in that same place. They're six figures. They're not, they're not at the seven, seven figure plus mark. Like we are They're they're, they're in the daily grind, very similar to maybe how you described yourself doing the demo and you do this you do this thing and you're just like, oh, I probably took a lot of wind out of your sails to just break even. And and here you are to have to be honest with yourself. What would you say to the person right now who's considering, geez, maybe I need to be honest with myself, look myself in the mirror. Maybe it's time for a change. What would you say to that person right now?
1: Cool. I would say look in the mirror and look in the mirror hard, but also do what I call future pacing. And that is to go, do I still want to be doing this in six months time, 12 months time, 18 months time, five years time? Like if, if I'm still operating in the way that I am, is that going to lead me towards my goals? And is that going to be fulfilling and you know happy? <laughs> All of those other things that, right. that we get into business for, is that still going to make that happen? Because if the answer is no, then it's actually really brave and courageous to be able to change your strategy and make some decisions around that. Because here's the thing. When we're in that, when we're stuck in the minutia of just trying to you know, beat our head against a brick wall and keep doing the thing that we said we were going to do, even though it's not working, the rest of the world and the universe is watching us and going, what are you doing? Right. But we're not asking that ourselves. So if you can pause every now and then, and we do this like once a month, my partner, Matt, and I'll sit down and go, right, are we on track? Is right. the strategy still in, in, in line? Is, is it where we want it to go? Is, is our decisions, you know, is everything moving in that right direction, right. but it takes practice and discipline to keep coming back and having those conversations. Okay. Otherwise you just, a, a, a mouse on a wheel and you just keep on yep. going.
0: Now, and I don't want the listener to get confused in this moment of us telling them when it gets hard to question things and change. No, not at all. Right? Not at all. So what's the difference here between checking the strategy and, and like, the temperature, are we still good versus persistence? Like pressing in when things get a little sticky, when they get a little muddy, when they get a little hard. And and I I need need to persevere through this. What's the difference?
1: Yeah. So the difference to me is about outcomes because getting to the right outcome is often hard. It often requires persistence, right? And and not everything's going to go to plan. That does not mean that your strategy is not correct. It just means that you're pushing uphill and, and you're doing the hard stuff. You're doing the things that everybody else is not willing to do to get to that right. goal or that outcome. So if right. things are still getting to the right outcome. And even though that might be difficult, if the outcome is what you set out to to achieve and, and you're getting that, well, you know, that's okay. The fact that it was hard, there's lessons in there to be learned around, well, what what was hard? And then in that what do we need to put in place with a system or a process or a person or different things to make that not so hard next time so that our outcome's still there, but we're making it easier to get there every time. So for me, it's all about the outcome. And if the outcome you're getting to is all of a sudden not what you keep expecting it to be and not in line with your strategy and and where you want it to be, then that's when you need to ask yourself the question, not because it's hard. I think that's a really really awesome distinction that you've made Chaz because you know there are a lot of people that try and get into this business of real estate investing or, or owning their own business or whatever it might be and they've got these goals in mind and it gets too hard and they give up and it's like you know there are stats out there that most businesses don't last more than you know yeah. one. T- if you're still in business after 12 months for yourself then right. you're in the top five percent if right. you're still in business with yourself and Doing well, you know. Within two years, you're in the top like three percent. So, so many people start and give up. But yeah. it's you've got to continually ask yourself that question around: Is it just hard? You know, I, I, I someone said this to me a while ago, and it really stuck. Is that hard is not a fact; it's a feeling. Mm. So that again, hard is not a fact; it's a feeling. Because what might be hard for you might not be hard for me, and vice versa. You know, so I think checking in on is this just hard or is this just a problem that we need a good solution for?
0: Yeah. I think it also makes sense too, because there's those moments you said a few minutes ago, you know, when we get, you know, the chirp in the ear from a family member or someone close by of what are you doing? What are you doing?
1: <laughs> We've had and, that and there's
0: sometimes, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, there's some, there's times where you need to, where you, the point a few minutes ago was you need, you need to be asking, what are you doing? But then there's also times like where you said, where you're pushing uphill, you're really just trying, you're in the persistence. You just need to press in. You need to do what's hard. And that's usually when someone close by comes by and goes, bro, what are you doing? Why did you get up at 5.30 and make a deal? Why are you on a podcast at 6 a.m.? Why are you, why are you working all these hours? Why are you doing this? Why, like, why, 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 why? And to your point, to the actual answer of all of this is that if you know the result that you're after, like super clear or clarity and super clear on like the true north of where is it that I'm going? What is it that I want? Then, yeah. then, then the whispers don't matter. And then that's what presses you through. Correct. Couldn't agree more. So let's flip the coin. What is the bad decision that just like rocked the whole boat? It it almost deterred you from being an entrepreneur forever. What was it? Give us the juicy details.
1: Oh, there's quite a few I can give you, but uh, this one probably wasn't a bad decision apart from that house that I, I told you about before. It wasn't a bad decision per se, but it was probably a, a lack of judgment on our side, which you could also okay. probably coin into a, a bad decision. Sure, so when yeah. we first got into vacant land and we did our first marketing campaign out you know, we we're all systems go up. It's like, right, let's look at which market we want to be in. Let's look at what types of properties we want to go after. Let's download our list. Let's get our mailing ready. Let's get our marketing ready. And off we go. So we sent out a couple of thousand letters and, and waited. And it was like, okay, when's the phone going to ring? Is this going to happen? <laughs> and a few weeks went by and it was like, crickets and we thought mm, what have we done wrong here and then finally the phone rang and you know in the early days we were doing everything in our business before we put a team in place so I was speaking with yeah. sellers and buyers and doing everything I'll I'm come sure. back to wine in a moment and it was this wonderful woman on the end of the line who said I just want to check if you've stolen my identity because I'm getting all these phone calls for you guys and I have no idea who you are or why people are calling me. And so what had actually happened, this poor woman, she was so wonderful. We wrote our phone number and we did a typo and got one digit wrong.
0: Oh, no. And so
1: all of our marketing went out with the wrong phone number on it. And it was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness so this poor woman was getting all of our calls for all of these properties and bless her she was in sales and and first of all we just apologized profusely Um, and and then I said look this is what we're doing you know we're we're buying vacant land we've got a lot of people that we've marketed to now that we know what we've done we'll go back and fix that but how about you work with us and on a daily basis you can feed through the leads to me we'll give you a cut yeah we'll give you a cut and uh, and she was up for that. So, you know, we turned That's the bad incredible. situation into good. But I guess the, the moral to the story is when you're trying to go at a million miles an hour, sometimes you don't stop to check the minutia, And the minutiae right. can railroad you if you don't get things done correctly. Yeah. So now we've got checks and balances in place on, you know, sure. again, that led us down the path of when we're doing marketing campaigns and we've come so far from there to where we are now. When we're doing our marketing campaigns, even if it's for ourselves or or for our our customers and supercharged offers, we have checklist after checklist after checklist for every step in the process. Because that one thing you get wrong can be pretty catastrophic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hundred percent. And, and even to that end of it being catastrophic, it wasn't. And so even in this terrible thing, it's not like anybody died and your business definitely didn't die. And so I want to encourage the, the listener to even as bad as it was, you're still here and super successful. It worked itself out, but the takeaway is Pay attention, and 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 once you do something like that, it's so simple, so little that can be that can be solved with a checklist. It can be solved with an SOP. It can be solved with yep. a person following following some guidelines. So I love I love how simple that one is actually because I think entrepreneurs, I think everybody, just generally speaking, doesn't realize the power of a couple of, like a, an actual checklist, not just a checklist in your mind, but an actual written down. And then the next step, I would even say, just because again, I run. Retail franchises and and even cleaning checklists for for properties and such. It's like literally all the way down. Not only is it a written checklist, but you got to check it, literally, and then you got to sign your name at the bottom. Yeah, because that's when that's when people will actually make sure that each box. Is, is done. Let's continue the conversation around disciplines or processes yeah. around your decision making. Is there a certain step-by-step or a certain mindset that you have when you're putting a decision into play that, that way you can try to make good decisions nowadays?
1: I guess the, the the mindset is always one of, is this helping us grow? And is this helping us get more towards our goal? And, and certainly with right. Matt and I, whenever we're sitting down and making a decision about a property, about a business, about the team, about anything. And I've got to say, when you've got a a partner that you can talk about this stuff with, it is awesome. So for anybody listening out there, if you're on your own in your business, find someone to network with that can be your accountability person, the the person that you bounce ideas off, but make sure that there's someone that you want to level up to as well, not just someone that wants to keep you safe. So yeah, I guess regularly it's that check-in of, well, if we make that decision, what's the flow-on effect? Does that decision serve our customers even better? Does that decision grow our business in the direction that we want? Does that decision help us get closer towards our goal? Now, here's the, the thing, Chaz. A lot of the decisions we make are pretty big ones. Like, you know, let's invest a couple of hundred thousand dollars in a, in a, in a database and, and start to grow that. That's not an easy decision. But right. when you keep coming back to is it the right decision, even though it feels hard, because talked about, you know, hard is a fact, not a feeling, even right. though it feels like a big decision and a challenging decision, if the logic all lines up and it all makes sense, well, you've got to go for it. Yeah. As a minute you start to hold yourself back from making those bigger decisions that help you to grow, help you to stretch yourself, you know, a lot of these decisions that we make, I'll be honest they're they're scary like some of them are like are we really doing this and it's like all right well we've got to back ourselves and and go for it but I think the flip side of those decisions is really always asking yourself okay so what if this doesn't work what's our exit strategy what's our plan what do we then do if this if this decision we're making isn't the right one how do we know when to to push stop and reverse and and you know taken in a different direction. So knowing all of those things up front and you're never going to know all the answers, but at least having the conversation and thinking about it. Yeah. That that's kind of where, where it's at for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, first off, incredible answer. Let me break this down. Number one, you said you got to know what you want and does the decision help you get it or not. Then I heard you say, have somebody trustworthy nearby, whether that's a partner, a friend, somebody from a group or a mastermind or a, a local thing that you're a part of, someone that not only just can be a, a buddy, but someone who can keep you accountable to being better. I heard you say things that, like you, you, even though it might feel hard, that if it aligns with what you're doing, that you got to go for it, even if that means that so that it costs a lot of money, or maybe it's time or rent resources or other other things that you're putting on the line. If it if it yeah. gets you what you want, is you've got to really boil down the logic, and and if there's not a reason not to do it, it sounds like you got to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think right. that last thing you mentioned is the hardest one, right? If there's a reason not to, but everything's pointing in the right direction, it still might feel really like, oh my God, are we really doing this? But it's like, yeah. you know, you got to go for it. Like an example for us in our marketing business. So next week we're gonna be in a studio here in Australia with a whole bunch of people that are filming an, an entire ad series for our, our marketing company. Wow. Um, and we're gonna be taking that, that big. And the fact that we're now getting ads done and going down the path of doing this this like retargeting campaign and using actors with American accents and a whole range of things (laughs) is is really cool. But again, 12 months ago, I wouldn't be sitting here going, so how do we build ads to take our brand from here to here and do this, this, and this? And again, you know, we're investing heavily in that, but it's the decision that you go, well, unless we want to stay safe and stay where everybody else is operating, Right. We need to do the stuff that other, other people aren't doing or aren't willing to do. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I can't wait for next week. I'll, I'll keep you updated.
0: <laughs> if, if you, if you need a, a bearded fella that has a, an American accent, you know, you just let me know. I might know a guy
1: fly on over and we'll put you in the ad. You'd be perfect.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I came to Australia and New Zealand. I was 15. I played basketball for a youth United States team. I came over there and played for two weeks. And, and I've got to go to the opera house and I don't know how far that is from you, but it w- I have very much enjoyed my time in Australia.
1: Yeah. Well, for you looking at, you now, what, what was that eight years ago? Nine years ago? <laughs> 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 uh,
0: no, actually I'll, I'll go ahead and say it 20 years ago. Oh,
1: there you go. 15,
0: 20 years Amazing. ago. Amazing. Yeah. yeah it, it's, go.
1: I live in Melbourne, Australia. so not, not in Sydney, but Melbourne's very cool. So the next time you come over, yeah. come and come and say hi.
0: That's great. My, my wife actually lived in Melbourne when she was a kid. Her her dad did some research over there for the University of Missouri over here. So there you go. Very cool. Okay. So let's let's transition here a little bit. I got the speed round. I got questions here that I want you to give me a one word answer to if possible, but like the king of coming back and getting more answers. <laughs> and
1: so, I'm the queen of talking underwater. So be careful. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
0: Love it. The synergy is amazing here. Okay. So the first question is if you could only pick one metric in, in all of the businesses, one metric to track forever and ever is boiled down to one, what would it be? Profit. Okay. And why?
1: Because at the end of the day, we're all in this to live a certain lifestyle and a certain, you know, giving back to, to whatever is passionate to our causes and things like that. And the only way that you can do that, like cash is king, right? It does make the world go round. So revenue is one, but you also need to get it to the point that things become profitable, right? Otherwise, why are we doing it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: hate to say it, but money's at the center of it all.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. I've said this to to plenty of other entrepreneurs that I've interviewed and or just been in their life. It's like, we always want to get the the feel good. I'm doing this for certain purposes or my greater calling or the people I want to donate to, which is all great. I I have all of those things, but let's just boil it down. Would you do this if you didn't make money? And usually the answer is no, because I still got to live. I still got to eat. I still got to take care of my family, like all the things. And it's like all the we'll basics. Just, yep. Yeah, let's just be honest. It takes money. It's not a big deal. It, but if you want to make it a big deal, you know, if we don't make it a big deal, we can then we can go give a bunch and we can yeah. be, uh, we can we can be better than the money. So second question is this. What book would you recommend that a six figure owner reads specifically who's trying to grow to where you are?
1: Probably, I know I talk about this a lot on a lot of my podcasts because there's loads of books out there that are great. But the one that changed my mindset around a bunch of things is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's The the E-Myth being the entrepreneurial myth, right? Where you can be great at what you do, but then owning a business in that is a totally different thing. And that is, you know, you've got to get out of your own way. and, And the whole thing about are you working on your business or in your business? And then if you're still stuck in it and you're not willing to work on it and be a business owner. Well, that's the make or break. That's
0: right. That's right. I love that uh, you've had, excuse me, had that realization for yourself. And you've obviously been able to share that with so many other people, but, but you're right. There's a lot of technicians. And and there's a lot of folks trying to be entrepreneurs that aren't and vice versa. So I think yeah. that that's, that's a great book recommendation. The next question is, do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs? You've kind of already given a slight answer to this, but I want to hear your full answer. Yes,
1: we do. Two things. I have my own mastermind group. It's got more than 1,200 people in it. They're all land investors from all across the world doing business in the US. So I'm a big believer of, of one, creating opportunity for other people to network as well. and and mastermind and do things together and yeah second to that is so Matt and I have been part of a number of different mastermind groups over the years we're not part of one at the moment but we're trying to find our groove with one because I'll be honest there's some that we've been in where we go this is not going to level us up and there's others we've been in that we go well yeah this is great but you know I think that the question that you've always got to keep asking yourself as well is am I surrounding myself with the right people that can level me to the and not they're not going to level you, but are they going to push my boundaries to the point that we're going to level up? And that can be difficult to find the, find the yeah. right groove around that. So yeah, That's but right. but the answer is yes, definitely.
0: I love the uh, the answer, the follow-up question. I love the intentionality that you that you do all the things, but just even specifically that, I think it's great. Okay, here's an odd question here for you, a little, little bit of a curveball. Alyssa, if you only had one hour each week to work on your business, what would you do in that one hour to successfully run your business like you do now? Ooh, just an hour. <laughs> one hour.
1: If I had one hour a week, I would probably be looking at my team and because I have a background in leadership and, and training and, and you know team engagement, team enablement, things like that. I get very passionate about making the, be- making the best opportunity of the people that you have in your business. I would spend that one hour on helping my team to level up. So the people that we surround ourselves with, how do we make them better? And I do this anyway, but if I had an extra hour, I'd put more into it. How do we create more space for them to step up, for them to learn more, for them to do more, for them to grow? Twofold reason to that. One, when you grow and enable the people around you, your business is going to be better for it. But two, when you really create an environment where you support, grow, develop your, your people, regardless if they're virtual assistants in another country or people that you employ direct they stay with yep. the point blank that they won't go anywhere else because they feel like they're part of something and they feel like yeah. they're, you know, they found their tribe. So That's right. you know, creating that environment for people is, is hugely important. And I think I see a lot of entrepreneurs, Chaz, that have their team, people, virtual assistants, and sure. they still call them that. We don't call ours virtual assistants, by the way. Yep. Our team is that it's our customer service team. They're part of our business. Yep. So yeah, I, I would put it towards that.
0: I love all of that. I think that, so you're hundred percent Right. I think that the, even just the naming convention that you, that you said, it speaks to the heart. It speaks to I'm creating a tribe and giving, you even mentioned it when you mentioned the 1,200 members in your, in your land mastermind. If I can create the opportunity for others to find value with each other, and I literally am not even involved. 100%.
1: On a weekly basis, I'm introducing people to people. I've got my networks all over the world now. And I'm like, you, know, you need to talk to this person here. Just this week, I was talking to one of our marketing customers who's based in the US and they're about to go on a vacation to Spain. And they're like, we're thinking of actually moving there. I'm so great. I've got two investors in Spain. They both live in Madrid. I'm going to hook you guys up. And they're like, we're thinking of Madrid. I was like, great. They're now catching up for lunch in a month's time together, all four of them. (laughs) And and it's like, you know, I've never met any of these people in person. But if I can make that introduction happen so that their networks can be greater, I love that. I could do that all day long.
0: Yep. I love it. Maybe that's what I do with the other hour. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Half hour on your team, half hour on the network. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Okay. So last question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I'm ready. If you lost it all, what would you do? Start again. Okay. Are you sure about that?
1: Yeah. Might not be the same business and it might not be the same model, but we'd start again. I think once you've gotten a taste for, and it's been more than, you know, it's, it's been... Nearly twenty years of working for myself. There's absolutely no way I'd go back and work for somebody else. But we'd start again. You, you know, you'd find a way and you'd create a new strategy and create a new goal. And it might not be the one you had before, but right. The the option of giving up is just not there.
0: I love that. Okay, so Alicia, this has been just absolutely incredible. I want to give the listener an opportunity to connect with you whether they whether they want to buy vacant land or or maybe they want to learn about real estate or maybe they just want to connect with a super awesome queen from an, another part of the world, how can they find you?
1: The best one is probably our real estate marketing business called Supercharged Offers, which I'm super proud of. I'd be through there. So they can go to superchargedoffers.com. We've got some really great stuff on there where they can download an ebook and also a business growth plan. So many real estate investors out there, have this, You know, we talked a lot today about goal and direction and and your true north. So many people don't even have a strategy for their business. So we've got a free like business growth plan that they can download and do some planning. They can email me direct. So Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, if no one gets that right, uh, at superchargedoffice.com. Or they can give me a call, which is 888-538-5478. My team will answer that. But my yep. team will put them in touch with me. I'm more than happy to jump on a call with anybody and talk about their business or talk about what we've done and you know, yeah.
0: bring it on. Expand the network, right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I love, it.
0: I love it. You you have been just absolutely incredible. It is a pleasure to know you. It's a pleasure to have you here, your hour has been not only just valuable, but I think it'll speak into not only weeks and months and years, but into decades of whether it's this podcast or the people that are listening, all of that, it'll it'll resound through history. So thank you for that. We appreciate it. We wish you absolutely nothing but success in all of your endeavors. Thank
1: you, Chaz. I just want to commend you on being such an amazing interviewer as well. Like, I think that we could keep this conversation going for hours but we need to cut it short but that's right thank you that's so right. much for for the opportunity to share my story and and you know get some messages out there to people that might need to hear
0: absolutely that's what it's all about thanks for listening to gathering the kings we hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond if you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there